Let's talk for a second about walking off into the sunset. It seems to be a huge priority for professional athletes before they retire. Everybody wants to go out on top. Nobody wants to go out and be remembered for that last final season where you just didn't get it done. Everybody wants to go out like John Elway, two consecutive Super Bowl wins. Like Ray Lewis, getting a Super Bowl win way before he leaves. Michael Strahan. You could even say Peyton Manning, although the performance certainly wasn't there for Peyton. Everybody wants to go out on top, and it seems to be just professional athletes. You don't see a lot of lawyers looking to win a huge case right before they retire. Most people in general jobs just want to get the fuck out of whatever they were doing. But in professional sports, it's all about that crescendo, that final moment, that ending to your career. Walking off into the sunset after doing what you've done so well for so many years. Well, unfortunately, that's not what we're going to see out of Drew Brees. Drew Brees is going to retire after arguably the worst performance of his entire career. So, guys, your thoughts? Yeah, Brutal it's, to it's watch. Tough. It was tough to watch. I mean, they, the Saints lost because of Drew Brees' play, uh, period. And to kind of that, the, the moment that kind of sticks with me, the image that sticks with me is him walking out of that tunnel, through the tunnel, off the field for the last time. And then he like looks back. It was like almost like a movie cliche. And he just looks upset and it's like, oh, that's heartbreaking. Because he's, he's, he, I mean, he, from all accounts, this is such a nice dude. Yep. Yeah. And you, the moment that I saw that it really hit him was when Tampa Bay got that first down right, right before the two minute warning. And he just put his hands on his knees. Like you, you knew up until then he was just like, guys, give me one more drive. Then we can get an onside kick. And you could tell that was his mindset. But as soon as that first down hit, it was either right before the two minute warning or right after the two minute warning. Like it just set in and his face sunk and it was demoralizing to watch. I couldn't imagine what he felt like. Well, it's like Peyton Manning, you know, Peyton Manning, you wanted him to go out on top and he did, but his play wasn't there. Just like no. Drew Brees. He still won a Super Bowl and, that, and then walked away from the game. So John Elway's a guy who he went out truly on the top of his game. He won a Super Bowl. I mean, John Elway is probably the best ending of all time. You could also probably go Ray Lewis, Michael Strahan, but um, John Elway won two Super Bowls and then walked off into the sunset after ne- before never winning a Super Bowl prior to that. So I think that's the greatest ending in, in sports history. So, Drew, I have a question. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on how Brett Favre ended his career? You know, because, you know, after he left, you know, he had some bumpy starts, you know, specifically in the, at the Jets. But, he, you know, his last season was pretty solid. So, like, how do you view Brett Favre, A, as a Vikings fan and B, as an NFL fan? Well, Brett Favre actually didn't go out on top. He had the, you know, the, the 2009 NFC Championship where, you know, his interception basically is one of the mm-hmm. many reasons that cost him the game. But a lot of people don't remember, and I can tell that you don't remember. He actually came no, back. No, that, that's why I brought it up, because it was very Breeze-like. Like, he lost, you know, I mean, again, you know, kind of similar ending on an interception is Nobody, why I brought that up. No, he played another season. See, every, everybody oh, forgets he? this. Yes, he came back. Uh, the Vikings were really good. came back. They went 4-12. and 12. I actually saw his last game ever, his last touchdown pass all live uh, in, in, in Minnesota, I saw his last concussion ever happen like 30 feet away from me. Yeah, no, he played another season and it was just. Dude, I forgot about this season. I, I thought it was, it was that playoff game. It was brutal. It was brutal. And the, the, his final play was um, uh, Julius Peppers coming around the side and ripping him down and throwing his head right right into the turf. Do you remember when the Minneapolis or the uh, Metrodome collapsed? 
Yep. Mm-hmm. That the was, snow through the ceiling. That was the season. So then they played the final few games in uh, University of Minnesota Stadium. Uh, they were worried that the field was too hard, and I saw it with my own eyes. Brett Favre, like, he, he was dazed and was just out of it. Got thrown to the ground. Yeah, Brett Favre had a terrible end of his career. Is Big Ben looking at looking like that kind of t- year next year? I mean, again, I'm just kind of thinking off the cuff here, but I could definitely see Ben being horrible and the Steelers going four and twelve next year. Yeah. I hate when when quarterbacks do that. They go play for a different team. And look, I mean, like like Philip Rivers right now, like he should have ended his career with with San Diego and been done. Uh, plays another year and he looked terrible. And then you you have that awkward Montana with the Chiefs phase. Like it's just I don't. I don't know why quarterbacks do that. Totally <laughs> forgot Steve McNair played for the Ravens and had a horrendous season. I'm obviously looking the, looking up these lists now, but I, I totally forgot McNair on the Ravens. Yep. Woof. Yeah. And um, so the Drew Brees, ever since that rib injury, has just not been the same guy. Um, it's It's been a long time coming. And, and uh, Bill Simmons said in his podcast this weekend, and I agree with it, agree with him, just hasn't had that like light in his eyes you know ever since he came back from that rib injury he's been kind of a a liability and I have to wonder with with the Saints you know with Taysom Hill with uh uh, Jameis Winston how much are they going to regret not making that switch because this was the team to do it with man I think they could have done it with shit I think they could have done it with Taysom Hill obviously Taysom Hill didn't even play in the Bucks game but you know Jameis Winston, about, he sure, certainly yeah, would have given about his a, pass to yeah. drop right in the bucket. I mean, that was incredible. Perfect passer rating. <laughs> but, yeah, man, that Saints game was just absolutely bizarre. Uh, there's there's really no getting around it. Uh, slant boy, zero catches. So let's just talk about it. Michael Thomas, what a disappointing season. After one of the most electric seasons in NFL history, just straight up. What did he have, 160 catches? Something stupid. Just last year, and now he's not even getting any catches in the divisional round. He's gone, right? They got to trade him. So I just saw a report today that he, I guess he's hurt. Um, he want, he forced himself to come back before he was ready because he wanted a chance to win one more Super Bowl with Breeze uh, or go to another Super Bowl with Breeze. Um, I guess he has he's getting deltoid surgery and a surgery to clean up his ankle, and I guess he's a mess. Uh, so kind of one of those you know seasons lost to injury. But still, if you're on the field, he had opportunities. He was targeted four times, uh, zero catches, zero yards. The only exciting play he was a part of is when he got stiff-armed on that that uh, interception return by Bunting. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, and his his body language, the whole game was just poor. Um, I don't know. I mean, there, there was some friction between him and the organization, getting in fights with cornerbacks because they called you slant boy. That guy's just thin-skinned as they come, and and I don't know, man. I, I just just a couple seasons ago, or just just last year, going into this year, to pry him away from the Saints, it would have taken such a ridiculous price tag. And now they're probably going to move him for peanuts just to get him out of the organization. There's a, uh, I think a certain type of receiver, a certain builder receiver, guys that, um, especially these physical guys that play a lot of inside routes, that once they lose that first step, it's, it's kind of a bit. They, they only have one step they can afford to lose. Some guys, you know, their speed holds on longer. But like Des Bryant fell off the face of the earth. Um, even like Justin Blackman, he didn't even make the transition to the NFL because he, he didn't even have that extra step that he needed. Uh, so you get some of these guys, you know, big physical inside guys that run these slant routes that run these, you know, hard routes over the middle and there's not a lot of margin for error. And I, and, and I mean, it's hard to say cause he was injured all year, but is he, is he on the decline? Is he to a point where he's already peaked and, and what you can get out of him is, you know, a percentage of that. Right. 
Brady plays just good enough to get it done. Um, you know, if you think that Brady played, you know, it's amazing that Brady's in another NFC championship. But if you think he played exceptionally well, he really didn't. He did just enough to win this game. Um, and there were game times. manager. What, like, what a game management perspective. I mean, he played a little bit better than Manning did in, in the year he won a Super Bowl. But that's kind of what I felt like I was watching. Like, he wasn't making super difficult throws. He was making easy reads, taking what the defense was giving him. Not necessarily checkdowns, but you know he wasn't going for the home run. Um, so I, I saw shades of what Manning did in his Super Bowl run. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I, I've been saying I've I've said it a few times, and I think this is really what most people should have expected out of Brady. He's a passenger very much. Uh, he went to a team. He went to Tampa for a reason. They have a loaded defense. They have enough offensive weapons. For Tom Brady, you're going to earn the contract you make this year on a handful of plays. And in those situations, can he be clutch enough? Can he make the play that needs to be made to win the game? Um, last week, he made just enough plays. If he continues to do that, they have a really good chance to win the Super Bowl. Right. What about Devin White and that Bucks defense? I mean, it's it really is peaking right at the right time. And, um, but still, I got to tell you, you know, the Saints still could have won this game. I mean, the, the Jared Cook fumble doesn't happen. There are four turnovers, four turnovers to zero, and they won by 10 points. So I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm looking at this NFC championship game and gosh, I, it's so hard to bet against Brady, but man, do I ever, ever have my doubts. I, it's, it's weird that they can win a game, and I think I even have more doubts than, than they had with them going into it. I don't know. It's bizarre. I think there are a lot of similarities to what the Bucks just did uh, and what the Browns did to the Steelers, where the turnover differential was so extreme, it was four or five, and the game was still not that decisive there was still an opportunity for the team to turn the ball over four or five times to win 11 point saw, game in the in the cleveland game 10 point game in this game yep and then you when saw what happened way cleveland more on both sides way more on, on both sides yeah who benefits more from the cold and lambo tom brady who has made a career out of it or aaron Rodgers? i say aaron Rodgers just by the virtue that i think that the ranking that it goes is tom brady aaron Rodgers, the rest of green bay than the Bucks, like I, I think that the supporting cast around Tom Brady isn't ready for this. Um, they're still, you know, they're NFL players. There's still some of them played in cold weather in college, but I mean, Lambeau Field is Lambeau Field, and and Rogers is, looks as good as ever. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. We've all seen that video of where he chuckles, right, and where he's just l- reading the defense, you know, pre-play. Nobody's seeing the field better right now. So I don't care if the game's played on Lambeau or the Moon. Um, I'm taking Rodgers no matter what because the guy is just playing on a on a different level. Yeah, yeah, he's starting to attack the edge of the of, of the defense too. Um, so they had a few plays last week. The one in particular where he gets out, they they play fake the the, the sweep across the left. He gets on the edge, pump fakes, gets the defensive end up in the air, then just walks into the end zone. If he's going to start attacking the edge of defenses and his his release is so fucking fast, um, he's going to be a lot of problem. Yeah, no, absolutely. Again, though, I bet, again, I thought the Saints were the best team in the NFC. I've said that now for a few weeks. What happens? I bet against Brady, and he fucks me again. So I I, I can tell you right now, I'm betting on Green Bay, and I will be 0% shocked when Brady does it again because he's done it for almost two decades. Yeah, I, 
I feel the same way. I, I'm I'm totally betting the Packers because I'm telling you, I just was not impressed with the Bucs. I mean, the, the, the Saints are so good. They give up four turnovers, and the Bucs only won by 10. Um, if, if Brady can look better than that, and I'm sure he can. I mean, the Saints are a really good defense, and just a week prior, Brady passed for, what, 370 against Washington? So he hasn't been carried the whole season, but man, he was carried in that game, and they just look so off. He, there was so many passes where he was just throwing to nothing, and then he'd kind of yell at his receivers like he does, like, why weren't you in position? And they just seem like they're not really in sync, and maybe that's just because the Saints defense is so good. But um, I yeah. mean, look at a few of these stats, Drew. Uh, I mean, Fournette catches five out of his six passes. Like, when when did Fournette learn to catch? Yeah. He got bailed out from some great Godwin, Tyler Johnson, Cameron Brait. Like, if a half a dozen of those passes don't go through, you know, we might be talking about a different a different outcome. Um, so I think his stats actually look way better than he played because he got bailed out. Yeah, Cameron Brait, I think, led the team in receiving. Um, and then I think it was, you know, I, I, Gronk was kind of, uh, completely, you be, didn't even see Gronk and where was Aaron Hernandez? I don't, I don't think he had a single catch. <laughs> no, <Nope>, he did not. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so yeah, the Bucks game was crazy. Uh, let's just jump right into the Packers game. Uh, because I also thought, um, I was not surprised with this game. In fact, I thought the, I thought the Packers game was the easiest game of the week, just in terms of who was going to win it. Um, I was very worried about the Packers covering, but geez, it's just more of the same from the Rams. Um, are the Rams done with Jared Goff? Uh, let me look up his contract. I bet if they have an option, you gotta be. I mean, I think with possibly a dozen other quarterbacks, they have a chance to at least be competitive in that game. They weren't competitive from pretty much the opening drive. I think the Rams got it and they went three and out or six and out. Um, you know, they have the the players on the edge. They have a, I mean, Akers looked good again. This has got to be his third or fourth game in a row. He looked good. And, you know, the, the defense is obvious. I mean, the, the, there's a glaring hole on that Rams team and it's Jared Goff. I just don't know if they have the ability to get out of it. Yep. So I think they have an out. I don't know if they have to get out of it this year. Um, I think they already have a quarterback on their roster who makes them a better team. I think Wolford should start out of camp as long as he has a good camp and is healthy should get an opportunity. I think the offense looked way more dynamic with him under center. The thing that I'd be worried about with Goff going forward um, for for the Rams is when you have a guy like that, that clearly is like barely in the top 10 on your team and he's making more than everybody in the locker room. That's a problem. It creates issues. Um, I'm telling you, it's, it's created issues with the Vikings. I, I'm certain of that. Uh, with with Kirk Cousins and you know it's just kind of the nature of the position but he is making so much more than everybody else in the locker room that I think they got to get rid of him just because he's so not that guy they clearly just whiffed on that contract and to eat a couple more years of that contract and have him be the highest paid guy in there and try to pretend that he's your leader I don't know man I just think it's bad for chemistry yeah and, and he doesn't seem like a leader like and I don't, and that isn't a knock on him. Some people naturally have that ability and that presence. And some people, you just can't conjure it. I mean, you see it a lot more in the college game than you do in the pros because you kind of got to, ha- you got to have that edge to make it in the pros. But I mean, some guys just aren't natural leaders. They're, they're not naturally outspoken. And, and unfortunately I just see that as, as, as Goff doesn't have that 
X factor, you know, to be, and you can't fake it in the NFL. Like you just, you can't like, these are grown men. They've been on teams their entire lives. They've been around uh, leaders, leaders, their entire lives. You just can't fake that shit. And I I think for me, this this Rams game really solidified two opinions that I had. Uh, One that Aaron Rodgers is, is playing at the highest level this season. I mean, he's been, I I think he's runaway MVP winner Uh, And two, Aaron Donald's the most important player on that Rams team. Um, he obviously was battling with an injury to to his you know his chest his abdomen, uh, which really neutralizes a lot of things that he does well. And they looked like a different team without him providing that rush up the middle. So I just looked it up on Sport Track. They're stuck one more year. They can cut him going into the uh, the twenty twenty two season. What's what's the dead money versus the actual money this year? Uh, this year cap um dead cap of thirty. Uh, 31 it drops to nine so that's it, two years from now so next so year yeah. they still can't they're still stuck but uh two years from now they can get out of it again nine million dead cap so teams do that all, they make that choice all the yeah, time yeah that's not bad but 30 yeah. i don't i don't think you can do that can't do it at 30 so no they got their one more year which you know should make it a pretty easy decision you know Regardless, they're set up pretty damn good next year. Uh, look for the Rams to just be fantastic, honestly, next year, even with Jared Goff. Um, you got to love what you see out of that defense, but they do lose Staley to the Chargers, their defensive coordinator. Um, that could be huge. Uh, the defense yep. kind of came out of nowhere this year, um, and he was certainly a big part of it. I think it was a great hire by the Chargers, by the way, um, because if, if you can get a defensive-minded guy on that team, they already have so many great defenders uh, with, you know, Derwin and and uh, Bosa, um, he has already has so many great pieces to plug in. I think the Chargers, if you can electrify that defense, they can be a contender as soon as next year. But yeah, gotta love the Rams going forward, even at a loss. And they weren't going to do anything, even even if they somehow carved out that game. They just they weren't that team, and they were destined to give us another terrible Super Bowl if they did make it. So I'm yeah. kind of I'm really glad that the pa- the Packer once the Packers won I was like okay we can't lose it's either going to be Drew Brees against Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers and halfway through that Bucks game even though I bet on the Saints I immediately was rooting for the Bucks I'm like man I don't want to see Drew Brees just look like this in another game give me the Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers NFC Championship I think it's going to be wild I can't wait for it should be really exciting yeah I mean I. I I think we have two fantastic games, and it's the it's the games we deserve. It's uh, it's honestly probably it's in the AFC. It's by far the two best teams, right? You know, if the if the Ravens would have got it, the Ravens are are flawed, and it starts with Lamar Jackson. And if the Browns would have got in, it would only because of Mahomes got hurt. So we got our perfect matchup in the AFC. And in the NFC, I think we got the two teams. I got I think we got the Packers, who are I think by far. They have the best player playing the best, and then you have the best story, which is the Bucks. So AFC, two best teams, NFC, best player, best story. Yep, yep. And I got to ask, you know, we've, we've talked about it a little bit, but Matt LaFleur, are we kind of sleeping on this guy? Because uh, Aaron Rodgers looked almost like he was done, and I don't know how much of that was a product of Mike McCarthy. Uh, but Matt, the second Matt LaFleur, or LaFleur stepped into Green Bay, a team uh, – they won 13 games immediately. They, they've they gone to the NFC Championship two years in a row. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is playing like Aaron Rodgers again, but are we sleeping on this guy? Is he Does he not get enough credit in Green Bay? 
Let me ask you Man. this. Is, is he a top five coach? No. <laughs> no. I figured that. No. Uh, I mean, again, a, an elite quarterback playing the best he can covers up so many warts. You know, I mean, how many offensive coordinators <laughs> rode the cur- coattails of the Patriots? You know, I mean, I, I just think I think your value can get vaunted, you know, or vaulted when uh, when you got a when you got a quarterback playing like Aaron Rodgers is. Covers warts. Okay. Woo. Is, that a, is that a saying? Is that a <laughs> it thing? Is. No, it is. It's Jimmy's and Joe's. Yeah. Jimmy's and Joe's. <laughs> no, I, I mean, top five, definitely not. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, Belichick, McVeigh. McDermott, um, you're not going to like to hear this. I think I still think Tomlin better, uh, Brendan. But he's definitely it's, – it's an improvement over McCarthy, which, again, kind of a low bar. Yeah. Um, it, it's really hard to distinguish what is, how much is LaFleur and how much is Aaron Rodgers getting to do what he wants and, and kind of have a heavy hand in running that offense. So, if, if, if you're the Cowboys, how do you watch what the Packers did last year and then go out and hire Mike McCarthy? The same way you go out and bring in Jason Garrett? True. Yeah, <laughs> yep. just so terrible. Yep. Just by the way, I just Googled cover your warts. That's not a saying. Yeah, I figured. Why would that be a saying? It's so nasty. <laughs> it's so nasty just to think about. All right, guys. So we covered the NFC. Uh, let's jump around a little bit. Uh, we'll come back to the AFC games from, la- from last week. And uh, yep. I, I do want to talk about something because we were talking about Brett Favre earlier. And uh, speaking of Brett Favre, Jared Porter <laughs> The newly hired dude, you want to talk about trash organizations? I know we don't talk about the MLB much. The fucking Mets are a trash organization. I want to stop that for a second, actually. So I think they're heading in the right direction. And I think this is is a a, uh, example of that. Um, So brand new owner, uh, Cohen, just bought bought out the Will Ponds um, and has already already said, hey, we're going to spend money. We're, a, you know, a, 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 one of the biggest markets in the entire world. We're going to start acting like it and spend money. They go out and trade for Francisco Lindor. Um, he gets rid of this D-bag right away. So I think they're heading in the right d- direction, but f- they have been f- absolutely just a terrible bottom feeder. They're, they're the Knicks of the MLB. It seems like they're always headed in the right direction, though. They're, they're, they're always like this sure. dark They've horse. They've it a lot. They're always this yep. dark horse darling team and they always fall flat. I, I can't even tell you since, since I was like a little kid, it's always been the case. And they bring up these prospects that, you know, they look like phenoms and then like they, they kind of fall. Um, they're, they're a bizarre organization. Uh, they just always look like they're about to take off and they never do. I mean, Steve Cohen's also a scumbag though. I mean, he's got own, like, like Mina Kimes has been pretty vocal on, you know, his, because she's, she's the, the, the person who outed Jared Porter as well. And, you know, Steve Cohen has his own baggage of um, being pretty, pretty sexist and pretty awful in the building. And, you know, he, everyone knows about his, uh, his insider training and or trading. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I understand you, what you're saying, Derek, saying they're making right business moves, but well, how I interpreted Drew's question is it's just a mess of an organization from not only from a PR but a, but a history. I mean, you got to remember they're the organization that gave Bobby Bonilla the worst contract. Well, the best for Bobby Bonilla, but just like a, a reoccurring joke every year, they're a joke. Um, and one good move doesn't erase that. Kind of to go back on what Washington football team, you know, just because they change the name and, and fire a few people doesn't erase 
years sure, and years. But that's all Dan crash. Snyder. Like that's the I, I think when there's a new owner, you you kind of have to give that new owner benefit of the doubt because obviously the regime's changing. What? Um, granted, not necessarily a good guy either. Let's refocus though, because we didn't even really say it. But uh, Jared Porter, their GM that they just hired a month ago, was fired because he's aggressively testing or uh, texting pictures texting of his, his dick. Junk to reporters and like you see look at the guy and he just looks like a fucking scumbag he looks like a guy that would text his dick all around but let's talk about dick pics especially in sports um it seems to happen a lot but dick pics i've never really understood this but some guys are fucking super into it i've talked to some friends just random people and like when i hear about somebody that that actually sends dick dick pics i want to know everything about it i'm like all right so what's going through your mind like like, uh, man, I, I'm really close to steal the deal. You know what she's going to want to see? She's going to see my dick. Like, what? What? what is the final straw that makes you send that picture? Do you got it? Are you drunk every time? Or what? what is it? I don't I don't understand that thought, thought process at all. Because for me, it's like, you know, there, there's been so many uh, pieces of art at where the, you know, the woman form is, is beautiful and everything. Like, I don't even want to see my own dick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, I want to see it as little as possible. I could not imagine ever sending it to somebody and be like, yeah, that's going to win you over. Look at that thing. Right. It's just like, Hey, you want to see this bunch of skin that hangs off me? So, yeah, I mean, I just, I, you know, maybe I missed it. I started dating my wife in college 10 years ago. So, like, maybe I missed that. I mean, I, I've never been in a situation needing to be in that. So maybe I can't – maybe my brain just doesn't connect on where that's a thing with people our age. Um, but also, anyone who does it is stupid. Everyone knows – have seen the fappening and people get hacked. Like, hey, what an idiot for that Jared Porter. If he had aspirations to be a GM at that level – and he's continuing to do that. Like, that's just stupidity on their part. And then to blast the fucking Met some more, how don't they have some tech guy know and, like, vet him that he's, like, doing that shit? How do they don't say, turn over your computer, turn over, like, again, make <laughs> sure they're not hiring. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> when does know. that ever happen? This is, Give this me is all like your computers. Top security, top security clearance or anything. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, what, you know. You know what made me laugh about this whole thing? It's his first month on the job. What are you doing? Right. What are you doing when you first get a new job? You're doing everything you can not to fuck up. Like seriously, by like year four, you know you're you're really starting to coast. But like the first four months, dude, you're all over it. You're answering every email within five minutes. Like you're fucking doing all the right things. The last thing I'm doing is going in the bathroom and fluffing up my dick and sending it to the chick I just saw in the hallway. You know what I'm so saying? Wait, so wait, so. I just assume that this is like old stuff that like, you know, sometimes these take a while to come out. These were like recent things that he, this was since he's been hired. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was, was it not? No, it, 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 unfortunately it's a little bit darker than that. Again, Mina Kimes oh, put Jesus. it out on Sunday. It came out. It, it, it's a girl from 2017 okay. when he was a scout for the Cubs organization. He met her at like a, spring training like she was uh, either a report uh, she was at some level organization and he just won't stop texting her like creepy like i haven't seen you in two years dude and like kind of like forgot about him and would delete his dms and delete his text and then she sees holy shit this guy's a gm like this guy's in a position of power probably overseeing how many women i need to speak up right um so that's that's kind of how it happened that's great yeah Honestly, 
Don't send unsolicited anything. Yeah, don't send. And, and that was the thing, hundred percent unsolicited. Like for for years, years, it just kept going on. Right. Terrible. Fucking scumbags in high positions. There's so many of them out there. But uh, yeah, that that's pretty wild. Um, just another black eye on that organization. But uh, let's also talk about it. Obviously, James Harden. I think we talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, Harden to the Nets. Um, he comes out and uh, he looks pretty hard. Unhardenesque. Let's just say that. In, in, in his debut, what did he start doing? He's pretty much like trying to show, like, hey, look at all these things I can do. Like, I can pass and I can play defense. And the funny thing is, Harden actually is a good passer, but he just doesn't pass. It's it's kind of like there's there's been a lot of players that are like that. I mean, he, yeah. he actually is a really good passer, but he doesn't pass. He's been passing so far with the Nets, and it's almost like he's just trying to like put up a show. And you got to wonder how long this is going to last. Dude, it's the honeymoon phase. What yeah. did you just say right when you got hired? You're doing you – know, again, he's probably a self-aware person. He's seeing what everyone else is saying. I give it a month, two tops before he reverts back to his old self. Yep. Um, I, By I, the way, definitely a guy who sends unsolicited dick pics. Oh, yeah. And you know <laughs> yeah. that thing's hairy as fuck. Yeah. As much time as he spends in strip clubs, you know he sent an unsolicited dick pics. Like a little totem pole sticking out of a fucking giant bush. That's what I, that's, I didn't that see thing's those gotta details be in the contracts. Did the Houston strippers come with? Like how did how did that work? Did. Like did he get traded for cash considerations and like he just gets bans as soon as he gets to Brooklyn? Like how do, how does that work? Yeah, it's so when they brought the fourth team in to, to make the rest of the trade work, uh Atlanta sent two strip clubs to New York. Yep. There we go. Yep. There we go. That that makes I, I missed the fat in the fine print, but that checks out. Because I don't think there's you, no way this works, right? Between fucking crazy ass Kyrie and and Durant, and like there, there's too many just terrible personalities, right? Yep. No, it's, it's a best tweet I saw on the subject was they said uh, they're trying to build a championship team with a bunch of guys you wish you didn't start a conversation with. And what they mean by that is if you've just been at a party and you start talking to a dude and he's like, yeah, I got like four cats. And you're like, oh, all right. Um, <laughs> hey, there's my friend Bob. I'm going to go talk to him. Like fucking you just want to get the fuck out of there the second you start. All these guys, uninteresting. Um, the most interesting about Harden is that he – uh, goes to strip clubs. Uh, Kyrie Irvin is a fucking flat earther that went to Duke. Like, what? How, Duke is a great college, a great college. What is that? And then KD is the guy that comes up with burner accounts to go defend himself. Did you ever see, you know, um, speaking of Cohen's, I think it's, what is it, Michael Cohen, uh, the 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 uh, attorney for Trump? Yeah. That, yeah, so, yeah. so he, it might. I think it goes down in history as one of the best burner profiles of all time. He came out with a Twitter uh, profile that was uh, women for Cohen. And when it broke that it was his account, just going through it, it was like the funniest thing. He'd be like, oh, Cohen, you know, he's so brash. And he's writing all this stuff. And he's like, he's so ruggedly handsome. Well, KD... It's known that he's yeah, he's come out with burner. multiple burners because, dude, he just gets ripped. Ever since he went to Golden State, that guy's just a fucking punching bag. So I almost don't blame him. Like, he has no defense, and he's, he and doesn't... He, he just, he's so thin-skinned. Yes. He needs everybody to love him. Like, it, did, you, did you ever see the, the Peyton Manning uh, at the ESPYs? He did the monologue or whatever. He's talking about the, the gymnastics, the, fan, you know, the Fab Five or whatever, the gymnastics team. And he goes, man, they're so dominant that I heard KD wants to join them next year. <laughs> and they zoom, in on, they zoom in on KD, and he's just blank face, just like so mad. 
And then uh, they're like, right, Russ? And they they zoom in on Westbrook, and he's just like baring his hand because he just knows he can't be on camera like laughing at that. Yep. Like it's it's ridiculous. So so Drew, I know you love Bill Simmons, um, and and I know you watched his short lived TV show. Do you remember when Kevin Durant was on there? It's a great interview. And, yeah, um, that's what I like. I was like, that was actually a very impressive interview, and it was very real. Like. Why can't we see that Kevin Durant? Like it, it seems like there's a genuine good dude in there, um, but maybe he's just putting himself around wrong people. I, I don't know what it is. Like that interview, I watched that and I was like, "Damn, I, I don't know I if it was just Bill you know Simmons what? really good at his job or or what." But I, I I recommend that video to anyone to go and watch it. I think from my perspective, uh, just kind of you know seeing ba- basketball from the outside, it seems like there's been a huge transition in the last few years where brand has become so much more important uh, than it was ever before, where guys really care what their brand is, what their value is, what people think of them. And I honestly think that, you know, the NBA fans as a whole overreacted to him going to Golden State. Uh, and I think he got a really bad rap about that. And I, I don't think it sat well with him. That, to me, that seems to be like when he turned is when people turned on him for Golden going to Golden State. I mean, I think it was a trash decision and I think he deserved to get be destroyed for it. But my, my, my analogy with Kevin Durant is, remember when you're in middle school or elementary school and you, there was that one kid that shit his pants and you remember that that kid shit his pants for the next 10 years. Like going all the way, like if, if, if you're in third grade with, you know, Dan and he shit his pants and you, you like go through middle school, every time you see Dan, you just know he shit his pants. Well, Dan can go two ways. He can go through middle school and high school and just have a bravado about him and pretend like it, it doesn't matter. And like everybody's going to forget that Dan shit his pants or you can be the go the Durant route where like every time you see Dan, he's got this look in his eyes like he knows you're thinking that he shit his pants. That's my mm-hmm. thing about Durant. And it, it really is. I think that every interaction, he just assumes that everybody's kind of after him because he's just a thin skinned guy. Like if, if he would just be like, yeah, fuck yeah, I joined Golden State and I won a bunch of rings. And yeah, we were the best team maybe in NBA history. Like, fuck you. Who wouldn't have done that? If he would have just taken that stance, but he didn't. He tried to defend it. He tried. Dude, it's so cowardly. He went to the team that beat him. You you can't do that. I think that's why it looks especially bad. For sure. Like, if you're saying, hey, I wanted to leave Oklahoma City because they're not building a winner. I only have such, you know, so long in my career and I wanted to. It was the best opportunity for me, the best place to go. I mean, yeah. I don't quit, I don't blame him necessarily. Quit reminding us that you shit your pants. We can see it right. in your eyes. Just the, forget about yeah. it. That's, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, so we, uh, we'll see that. The Harden thing, I mean, are they and even the best? guess what? He did it again. I mean, it just turns out to like, dude, uh, you are you are what you did, man. Like, you did it in Golden State. He, he clearly recruited Harden. Right. Like yeah. that, you know, that shit happens all the way. All, I mean, it's technically illegal, but that shit happens all the time. Players recruiting players. Um, so, I mean, eventually just dude, like you said, own up to it and we'll respect you a little bit more um, until then, you know, be, you are what you are. Yeah. So players on the move, uh, you know, while we're talking about people leaving Houston in, in Exodus, <laughs> what are the odds that you think uh, Sean Watson actually leaves Houston? and go in place for someone else next year i mean he wants out but there's a lot of mechanics that are, that are kind of difficult right he's, not, he's on a big contract uh he's he's got a lot of value so it, it, there's only a handful of places that really make sense as far as a trading partner 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, gun to head right now, I think he gets moved. I mean, this is just so messy right now. It seems with, just broken. It seems absolutely broken. If I'm the Texans, I just want him to quit tweeting. I want to quit talking about it. I want this to fall out of the news cycle. I want the AF I want the you know the AFC champion or the championship games and the Super Bowl to totally kill the storyline. That's the only hope I think for the Texans is that this just eventually dies and then oh we randomly remember it next August. So if, if that's it, what you want, then and this is how I feel about it too. He has to be traded before the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, again, I'm sure that's what they don't want. Like, I, I want, I'm sure they want this to be buried. I bet that's why the Watson camp, just for that reason, Derek wants to keep bringing this up because they want it done and over with. But if you think uh, about it, it happens before the Super Bowl. It's news for a couple of days, and then we're right back into the like, Super Bowl week, and that's what we care about. If it happens in the off season when ESPN's scratching for any headline they can get because NFL's not on, that shit's gonna run for a week. Can they trade right now? I don't think. I don't think you can trade until the season's over. I don't think you can either. I don't think the, the I don't think the actual offseason starts until like March first. So here's my yeah. take on Deshaun Watson. Um, first of all, he's a top five quarterback, maybe even top three in the league. He had you could argue he was an MVP this year. 112 rating, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions on arguably the worst roster in the entire NFL. Right? To me, you got to make it work. If I had to bet, and I'm betting that the Houston's going to make the right decision. You have a generational talent. You stick with this guy. You do everything you can to make it work. Just a year ago, it looked like things weren't working out with Aaron Rodgers. Seriously, every, everybody was talking about, oh, the Vi- is Aaron Rodgers going to play with, with the Vikings next year? Like like Brett Favre, is he going to play with the Bears? Like, how's this thing going to end with Aaron Rodgers? But no, the Green Bay organization, they stuck it out. You know, they, they, they got him back on board despite the myriad mistakes that they fucking made and almost just blew that situation. And he's the MVP candidate now. Like, like you, you try to make it work however you can. If, if I had to bet just because of how incredibly good he is, I, I, I would bet that they try to make it work. They have to. Yeah, the only way that, that happens, though, is if you get an owner. And to me, NFL owners are probably the top 1% as far as guys who probably have a difficult time admitting when they're wrong. Uh, have been powerful men their entire lives. And, and so you need now Cal McNair, uh, who grew up in McNair, who's been in the organization for how long, to fall on his sword and say, hey, I fucked up. Like, anything short of that, I don't think Watson stays. I don't think it's on ownership. I think it's on Casario. Um, and, okay. yeah, I mean, because Casario's the new guy, right? He he wasn't there when things were bad. Like, if, if there's one guy that can make it good, dude, the Houston organization is trash. I mean, the the owner that died a couple of years ago, he was, a, you know, he said some pretty racist shit. Um, when when uh, uh, Kaepernick was kneeling, he was sa- talking about, you know, yeah. said a bunch of bullshit. Uh, so I don't blame Watson for being mad, but you did bring in this young GM that, you know, hopefully that, he can bridge that the gap. Watson did not want, by the yeah, way. I know. There's so much drama there as well. Some people in the Texan organization say, hey, Deshaun, you're going to get your say in it. Yep. And then absolutely go the other direction. Um, fuck, that is. And not only that, but it seems like a weird hire for me because so they asked Bill Belichick about it. And Bill Belichick was actually pretty forthright when it came to this. Um, they asked him what they thought about it because he came from New England. And uh, Bill's quote was, um, Nick's not a personnel guy. <laughs> so that's not really a boat of confidence for your new GM. No, not 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 one bit. Um, Drew, you mentioned, you know, that if you're a gambling man, though, 
if, if you look at dra- our odds right now, it's at negative 210 for him to stay. Uh, Miami's the next closest at plus 400. So Vegas is pretty sure that Deshaun Watson isn't going to get traded. Um, yeah. Just by, If Houston by trades out. him, they would have to nail every pick they get for him to not regret it. Yep. In a year where the draft is probably the most complicated because so many players opted out and no combine and limited in-person interviews. So one year that you don't want draft capital would arguably be the most important for Houston. Um, so that, that hurts Deshaun Watson big time. And if I did have to move on from Deshaun Watson, the guy, the only guy I'd do it for is Justin Fields. So, you know, I, I, I can see the Jets angle way more than I can see the Dolphins one. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be bizarre. Um, I, I, I think they, they, for the sake of their organization, they need to keep them and do whatever they can. Like, just go to them and be like, dude, what, what, what do you want from us? Like, you're our guy. You, you've been our guy since the beginning. Let's make this right. Let's make this right, baby. Come on. Watson. So he has enough money on that contract. Um, is he in a position to hold out and, and sacrifice paychecks because he knows he's going to get paid on that contract regardless? Um, it, it I just thought of this. So I haven't really thought of it through all that much, but could we see our first, we've seen it with running backs, but we haven't seen it with quarterbacks. Could we see the first big holdout? Uh, I, I don't think it'll, it's just, it just doesn't happen with quarterbacks. I don't, I don't know what his, his angle yeah. would be. He's, he's typically holdouts are because they're unhappy with the money. Like the yeah, money's yeah. not changing for him. Yeah. What's nobody would pity him. I wouldn't No. Like I, yeah. the, he, he would lose everybody in that. No, I don't think there's a chance he does that, but um. Yeah, it's it's a wild situation. What a talk about shitty organizations, the Texans, man, and they they've been wildly successful over the last ten years. It's just it's kind of bizarre. There's no chance if Watson walks, like Watts gone too, right? I mean, I think Watts gone anyways. Um, I would say probably too, but there's no chance. Spoken, he's been, and again, I don't know his contract either off the top of my head, but yeah, I think Watt is almost. I don't know. Um, I don't see JJ lining up for them next year. According to some of the fan groups I'm in, well, there's there's about 16 teams that think they're going to get JJ Watt next year. Um, so including the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's that. Even though they have no money, right? Exactly. <laughs> Guys, let's jump into. If, any, if anyone's in any Facebook groups, uh, Pittsburgh is just assuming they're going to have all three Watts next year. Uh, if anyone <laughs> wants to take a look at the Steelers cap situation, there is not a chance in hell. J.J. Watt is uh, is playing for the Steelers. Unless he plays for the vet minimum. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to happen. Nope. Guys, let's talk about this Browns-Chiefs game. Um, you want to talk about Wild. Uh, the Browns covered. So, uh, from, a, from a betting perspective, you know, uh, good, for, good for Mahomes for going out because I don't think they cover if Mahomes is still in that game. But uh, crazy game. Uh, Browns. That all right? So let's just talk about it. The play of the game, the play that every Cleveland fan is just whining about. My God, they will not shut up about this play. And I get it was huge, but you had almost an entire second half playing Chad Henney and couldn't get it done. But this, the end zone dive. First of all, let's talk about end zone dives. How dumb! You're an idiot. You're selfish. You're in the fact that he was still playing in that game is ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, some of the NFL's player Twitter uh, blew up, especially Patriots uh, players. Where like oh that's a guy that never played for Bill like Bill would be, you know you'd be on the bench already, don't reach for the end zone don't reach for the pylon don't reach for anything, uh, especially the end zone especially when they just converted first down they're first and goal from the one, 
Brandon Brister, hot take though. That's the worst. That's the worst rule in sports. That's a hot uh, take. That is that is one of the the NHL fixed their worst rule this year. Um, that's the NFL's worst rule by far. Yeah, because you and, can't in, in any other position of the field, it doesn't change. You can't hands. advance. Yeah, um, yeah. only yeah. in the end zone does it change hands. So I, I can't believe I'm about to say this. A little sympathetic, not towards not towards Higgins, um, not towards the guy. The guy fucked up. Um, but it's a little sympathetic toward the fans because, um, you know, it's a, a horrendous rule. Yeah. And that, so the, the thing that they're really mad about that you can't be mad about the rule, the rule is the rule, right? Uh, but the, they're mad about the head to head collision that did take place. I mean, it was 100% head to head I and mean, there's really no getting around it. I saw Marcus in a, in a group chat chime in and say, good, no call. And I'm like, I mean, no, it wasn't a good no call, but it was a no call. I kept hearing uh, Cleveland fans talking about it and saying things like, how do they not overturn it? They they replayed it. Because you can't fucking call a penalty on a replay. It doesn't work like that. So yeah. it was a no call. It was a bad no call, but it's the way it goes. Fucking There's never been on. a football game in the history of the NFL decided by one play. Yeah, exactly. Period. You Chad Henney. Let's let's talk about Chad Henney. All right, so Mahomes goes down, and we'll we'll talk about his injury in a second. But here's the thing, dude. Andy Reid was feeling dangerous. Chad Henney goes in, and he literally doesn't even alter his offense. It is the same fucking offense he ran with Mahomes. He's scrambling out. <laughs> Chad Henney's been, he's been in the league for 14 years. He's he, making, uh, making throws across his body into the sideline, like the throws yeah. they say don't make. He's still drawing up out routes on the strong side of the field. Yep. Like, he, he, they, they ran two zone reads with Chad Henney. Yep. I'm like, what What are we? Like, all right, same playbook. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Okay, so he bombs it downfield in one of the worst interceptions I've seen in quite some time. Right? That's the worst playoff interception I've seen Against Lamar's playoff interception last week. What this shows me is that Andy Reid has grown as a coach because his problem with the Eagles and his problem early on with the Chiefs is that he was never aggressive enough during the playoffs. One of the most aggressive coaches in history. He he was going for it on fourth down before anybody else was. Like back in the McNabb days, but only in the regular season. And then he'd get to the playoffs and he'd just puss out. So many NFC championships. He went to four straight NFC championships with the Chiefs or with the Eagles. A lot of people forget forget that. And he pussed out in all four of them. He even pussed out in the fucking Patriots Super Bowl. He was kind of a pussy going into this. And I think that something has kind of clicked with him. He's already got the ring. And so now he's kind of just playing it like Bill Belichick where he's just like, fuck it. We can, We only want one thing, and that's the Super Bowl. So I like the aggressive mindset. Like, is it smart to play Chad Henney like Mahomes? No, no. Chad Henney is nobody has ever mistaken Chad Henney for Patrick Mahomes, but I, th- I just thought it was kind of funny, and it was it was exactly what the Browns did not expect. That I mean, we watched the, that game together, and the even like the posture of the of the team on that that play they went for it. The right the, the right guard looked like he was half asleep. I'm like, they're not running a play here, and sure enough, they ran a two hour two yard out, and I was like, holy shit! Like the balls on that dude, big old. Steel plated balls on Andy Reid. I mean, that's why he waddles. He's got a lot of mass carrying around those. I'm not so certain that that entire gut in front of Andy Reid isn't him just taking his testicles (laughs) and like stuffing them up into his shirt. Like, I'm pretty sure. I don't even think. I think Andy Reid's like, if you take off his balls, he's like 170. (laughs) 
He's just got him shoving some spanks up around his gut. Yeah. It's <laughs> all screwed him. Real quick, where, where is Tyree Kill on your guys' wide receiver list? Like, is, is, he a, is he a top three, top five? Where, I think, he, I think he's a, an extremely fast player who gets to play with Patrick Mahomes. Yep. I think he's a top 30. Maybe. Really? Wow. Because I was going to say with Mahomes top five, but you think without Mahomes top, I still think he's probably top 10. Not a top in hell. He's, he's, he's Not a more close. talented Brandon Cooks. He's, he's a kind of a one trick pony. I don't you know, even, I don't even know if he's a more talented. I think he's a faster. I think Brandon Cooks is a better route runner. I think he's a faster Brandon Cooks. I'd take, see, just in a vacuum, even without Mahomes, I would take Hill or I'd take Hill. I, I, he's just yeah. he's a more versatile player. Um, but, but like, I mean, Hill or Keenan or Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, for sure. Keenan Allen yeah, would Keenan be Allen's a fringe of the freak of nature with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, but who, who wouldn't? So, Allen Robinson. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Jeez. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lot of guys who I think are like in the back end of the top 10 that I would absolutely take over Tyreek Hill. I think he's top 10. I, I gotta, I gotta give him a top 10 talent. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I Tyree kill shoving that coach on the, in the, in the, in the, on the sideline. And you know what? They were fucking around. It's just not a good look, dude. Everyone thinks you broke your son's arm. Like no horseplay. All right, buddy. Quit fucking <laughs> shoving anybody around. Like any aggression is going to be viewed in a negative way. Like you can't anyway, 176 pounds. Like, come on, dude, dude, how you, awkward, you're not that guy. How awkward was it when they came back from commercial and, and like Twitter had blown up. Remember we saw it and we're like, Oh shit. We rewinded it and we looked at it and they didn't even say anything. And they come back and they like address it. Like, Oh, look at Tyreek Hill. Like this guy's probably gonna be playing the super bowl. So we got to play this off. Like, Oh, he's just being, so, uh, so Brandon, we're watching the game. We're all sitting on the couch. Uh, Newman like starts, you know, they're going to commercial break. He looks at his phone. I think drew was talking to somebody and I just yell, Whoa, like just yelled. Whoa. Cause I like, as they go to cut away, I'm like, he just two-handed shoved this dude. Yeah. <laughs> with looked aggressive like, as fuck from that look. angle. Looked really aggressive. But yeah, it turns yeah. out they both had smiles on their face, and it really wasn't much at all. But still, yeah. weird move. Weird move. But yeah, sure. so dude, uh, Pat. now let's talk about the Patrick Mahomes injury. So the, the word on the street is that he broke his toe prior to him going out. So the play just before. I don't know if you guys heard that or not. Dude, he he had a walk. I think it happened earlier in the game. I don't like, know if it was a broken toe, but I mean, he was invisible pain. I mean, he was grimacing um, for about a quarter, um, and it looked really bad. Um, again, they, I mean, how many times are like Mahomes to the tent, Mahomes to the tent? They're wrapping the foot. Um, I felt like I was watching uh, you know um, that more than I was watching the game. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, it's he's he's in rough shape going into this yes. game, dude. If anybody can do it, it's him. But wow, there's some question marks. Um, I I've wanted to see a Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl just because that Super Bowl last year, uh, Mahomes postseason run last year was just fucking magical. Like every game was just pure gold, including the Super Bowl game. What a great Super Bowl! So the whole time I've been thinking, I really want Mahomes. I really want Mahomes. Now, I'm, all right. So let's go around. Who, who, what Super Bowl do you want? I think I want Bills Bucks. Oh no! I, I want Mahomes Rogers. Like I want, I want, I State want the Farm best Bowl. quarterback talent against the best quarterback playing this year. I can't, uh, I can't do Mahomes Rogers for so many reasons. I don't need thirty six thousand references to Super Bowl one. I. I don't need the progressive versus all state shit. Or the no, sorry, just progressive, just yeah. progressive. I don't need like a progressive bowl. No, it's State Farm. There's so many. Or sorry, State Farm. Yeah, uh, Baker's gone. 
it's just State Farm. But yeah. I just there's so many dumb like Super Bowl storylines, and they try to fill two weeks worth of media that would just be terrible. Um, I would love to see Josh Allen versus Tom Brady for sure, uh, or or Rogers versus Josh Allen. But I definitely want to see the Bills. I think that'd be a fun story. It's been so long for them. Um, Losing yeah, I mean, the Super Bowl again would be hilarious because yeah, but I I think they definitely would be an underdog if whoever they play they 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 would not be the favorite. I'd be I no I you know what I'm 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 gonna say if 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 they play the Bucks I'll bet they're favorites I'll bet they're two and a half point favorites. So I saw somebody on Twitter. It's like imagine you're the Buffalo Bills. You finally get rid of Tom Brady, and then you have to face him in the Super Bowl. Dude, that, see, that's the best storyline. Because it's it's what you it's what everybody wants to see. The Bills, the most vaunted, fucking disappointing uh, franchise in history, and they're so disappointing. A lot of it has to do with Tom Brady just kicking their ass year after year after year. He goes to the NFC, and then you meet him again in the fucking Super Bowl. If the Bills can beat him in that, oh my god! I'm 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 sorry. I I think that in terms of just like fantasy endings, that is the one you want to see. But if Brady wins. <laughs> and the Bills lose their fifth Super Bowl to Tom fucking Brady. Wow. I, I, honestly, now, I would love to see the both. People, the, the Tom Brady is not the best of all-time holdouts that are left. Like It has to, it has to be down to like 5% of football fans. What do they do if, if, if Brady wins the Super Bowl this year? Do they just stick to their guns and say, nope, doesn't matter? <laughs> Dude, I, if you haven't given in yet, you're not going to. Yeah. So. <laughs> For real. No, nah, then the cheater thing's going to come in. That they, honestly, oh, that yeah. that's the one I've been seeing all across. Like, that isn't just, a Venn diagram. That is just the people who don't think he's the goat also think he's a cheater. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so Bucks, Bills. What? Uh, uh, yeah, there's honestly there's no combination that won't be good. But I think Bucks Bills is just the best in terms of like. I mean, yeah, if, you, if you get Chiefs, if you get Chiefs Bucks, you get like you know the greatest of all time versus the next greatest. I mean, there's. Again, as I mentioned at the top of the pod, this is the best four combination of teams that I think you could have put in. You know, I think you could have maybe substituted Breeze for Brady as Breeze's for you know farewell tour. Um, but you know, NFL's just got to be drooling at these matchups. From a meme perspective, I think the best matchup is Bucks Chiefs because it's so easy to make fun of Tom Brady. That's what we've made so much of our. A following based on and Let's run that hit clip one more time. Well, dude, and everybody loves making fun of Andy Reid. I don't know what it is about the guy. It's kind of because he makes fun of himself. But dude, Andy Reid fat jokes will never get old to me. They're fucking hilarious. <laughs> the yeah. mustache man, you could Photoshop that on anything, and it looks like they're Andy right Reed. up there with Rob Ryan. Just so oh, yeah, dude. It's just just beautiful. Just a beautiful thing. All right, did you guys actually watch the Ravens Bills game? I watched it, but I didn't really watch it. I don't think I was really there. I was drink. I was Scotch Trevor in it, um, and I was really, really fucked up during this game. But I do recall it. I recall a lot of it. Windy as fuck. Um, it made me gain a lot of respect for Josh Allen, and this whole season has just been the the Josh Allen proving me wrong tour. Uh, because I have not been high on Josh Allen pretty much through his entire career up to this point, and dude. What a stud. And he fits that fucking Buffalo terrain, that climate so well. I mean, he truly is. He's like the king of the north, man. He, he, he I, I love the guy. What do you guys, what did you guys think about that game? It, it, it was weird in a game like that with the type of team Buffalo is, you would think they'd try to run the ball. But all they did was, I forget the splits, like it was maybe 80-20. 
um, or maybe even greater. Like it was insane that they just, you know, you think of Buffalo, you think of gritty blue collar. No, they want to sling the rock and they don't care if it's 20 degrees and windy. Um, it worked for them. So, you know, who am I to say, you know, to do it a different way, but weird, you know, old, you know, not your father's bills, I guess. There's two things that the Bills did and, and that they r- routinely do that I love. Um, I hate when teams play prevent defense because I think it, it gives up just so much, and you can let it. You just let a team. It's the NFL. Like they're going to find open guys. They're going to hit open guys. They don't play prevent defense, and when it comes down to killing the clock, they know what kills the clock more than anything is moving the chains. Right. They don't just run the ball three times and all right, we ran off two minutes and we're going to give you the ball back. They continued to do what they did, what got them there, what they know how their bef- their offense runs the best. And they move the chains. Yeah, and with with you know they're uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but they they lost one of their running backs right for the game. I kind of knew that they were going to air it out, and you can't run on on Baltimore. So I, I love I really love their game plan, um, and they executed it. Nobody thought they were. It, I think they're really lucky that it didn't snow. It was windy as hell, dude. You could see it, and dude, Tucker, one of the most accurate kickers in NFL history, just woo. Worst performance of his entire career. On that, on that first one, you could just tell it was happening. Oh yeah, like I, I already started like pulling down Google images because I like you could just like how thick they were laying on the compliments. Here comes the mess. Yep. <laughs> oh man, just whew. so just a, a little bit of a question on the Bills. Did they lay a blueprint to go out and get a wide receiver? Was it not obvious that they were like a wide receiver away on that offense from just exploding because? Man, Diggs has just been – he was a monster on Saturday, and he's been a monster all season. Do you think we see more of, you know, trades to go get your guys? Yeah, I mean, wide receiver has always been a coveted position in the NFL. It's going to continue to be. Um, there's just so many misses in the draft that, yeah, if you see a guy that's discontent on another team and you can throw a first-round pick or – Jesus, the Texans traded a second for DeAndre Hopkins, right? It's a second-round yeah. pick. Like, yeah. that's, that's just – Bananas. I mean, that, that, that's one of the biggest fleeces in NFL history, but that's, that's, you know, that's another thing entirely. Absolutely. You go get your guy. Yeah. 100%. It, the, it just worked out so well. I, I would say, I mean, I, I know I, I draw back to Bill Belichick all the time, but obviously they've been so successful. It's hard not to sometimes it, it's Bill goes and gets his guy. Like he doesn't, he knows the draft is a crap shoot. What you see on film doesn't necessarily translate. If there's a guy who's proven can do a certain role, now he'll go after guys like to play special teams. He'll go after guys to do. He loves the trade. He lo- he loves you know moving during the season, and he'll move back in the draft you know five spots uh, just to go grab a guy. And if you can get some guy that's proven at the NFL level and they're still earlier in their career, go get them. I think that's and it worked out for both teams. It's it's one of the rare occurrences where a, tr- a, a trade really works for both teams. He also loves injured fawns, uh, Bill Belichick. He's like the hyena or the lion kind of, you know. Oh, a first round talent that falls Ooh, in the second because that, an ACL. Mm, delicious. Josh Gordon is another yeah. weed charge. Mm. Chad Johnson. <laughs> probably Chad Johnson for a week and a half. <laughs> he, I, dude, I love it. He he just goes out and just rolls the dice, and he's like, "Nope, this guy didn't work." Like, oh, AB raped somebody. Got to get rid of him. Uh, I, I fucking love it, dude. Go go for it. Like, but but for every one of those, you know, cut AB immediately. He then he gets a Corey Dillon. Who without Corey Dillon, they don't win that 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 Super Bowl in 04. Yep. Without Corey Dillon, I mean, Randy Moss is one of the greatest trades of that all one time. Out. <laughs> yeah, even though they didn't win the Super Bowl, like I've seen people try to play the angle, like, oh, you know, they didn't win a Super Bowl with them. Yeah, well, fucking nobody could have predicted the rise of the Giants that year. 
But they won 16 games, and that's one of the greatest offenses of all time, if not the greatest. So, yeah. Yep. But, all right, guys, we wind it down here. Flight to Tunisia says we are. Any closing thoughts on this weekend? Any predictions? What do you guys think? Urban Meyer to the Jaguars. Uh, worst move or best move? I, I think. I think there's that's no question. Um, he's won everywhere he's gonna go, but he's been toxic everywhere he's went. Uh, he's never left on good terms. Uh, uh, gonna be interesting to see how this plays out for the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> Your face froze in just the worst possible way. <laughs> um, I can't imagine going out and bringing in Urban Meyer when, like, Eric Benemy is still out there. When before Solo was signed, like, that's just they're dumb and they deserve to be terrible. And they will be terrible. I just Urban Meyer's style, where he's kind of like the the frat president. That style is not going to fly in the NFL. I Maybe it flies in little town Jacksonville. So may, maybe the right team got Urban Meyer. And you're right. He has one wherever he goes. But he just he is not of a high moral fortitude. And I just can't think that that guy is not going to just go down the same route he always does. I want to see, rather than him getting his own paychecks, I want to see when other people's paychecks are on the line. I want to see how players react to that. So we'll see. But... I, hey, they rolled the dice. We'll see. We'll make we'll make uh, tons of memes out of that. that. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. I've already wrote a few articles on it. All right, guys. From all of us here at the Sports Memory Podcast, thank you so much. Have a great night. Yep. Yeah.